Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. Don't miss out on this Makers and Shakers Small Business Conference. This three-day event will be held in Spartanburg, South Carolina, September 26th through 28th, and we would love for you to join us. This registration price is $385, but you can get the early bird registration rate right now for $295. Just visit makersandshakersconference.com. And don't wait because those spaces won't last long. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of Makers Chat. And I'm here today with Cami Collins, who is one of our conference speakers for the Makers and Shakers Conference in September. And she's been here before, so thanks for coming back. Thank you. I'm so excited and I'm really excited to meet you in person in the fall. I'm just stoked. I know it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. So today we're going to talk about email list. So if you if you're not familiar with Cami, Cami, go ahead and tell them a little bit about your business and what it is that you do. Absolutely. So I'm Cami Collins. I run Momtrovert Creative, which is a digital marketing company. I work specifically with creatives to help them grow their business, grow their platform and really kind of help them make money. It's really my goal. I have been a fan of the arts for a long time. So um, one thing I've noticed over the years is that artists just really tend to devalue their work. They tend to see it as less essential than it really is. But having worked in education and in the corporate world and in retail, I've seen that art is integral to every part of society, everything that we do. And so I made it my mission to make sure that those artists were getting paid. And I love what I do. So Uh, A lot of who I work with tends to be furniture artists and visual artists that are trying to expand their brand, grow their business, and just kind of take their, their art business from maybe just a social media feed that has gotten a lot of attention to something that turns a profit, brings them joy, allows them to sort of regain control over their finances and their lives and their time. And you're awesome at it. And you're also, and we'll, we're just going to touch on it and go back, but you also have a really awesome project with Dion Woods of the Turquoise Iris. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I know you love that. I always, I always want to talk about that. So I also edit the Turquoise Iris Journal, which is the magazine from Dion Woods of the Turquoise Iris. And we've made it our goal. It's, it's by creatives for creatives. We wanted to create a space digitally, but soon to be in print. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. (laughs) And we wanted to create a space where artists are celebrating other artists, where you can go and read and learn. And, you know, we have video tutorials, we have studio tours, we have step-by-step video walkthroughs of people's homes and their studios and their art process. And it's really just about helping other artists find that inspiration in each other and come together to create a community that really elevates art and the artists behind it and gives us all a place where we can say, look, like maybe I haven't believed up until now that I'm a successful artist, but I am in a magazine and I have proof. So that's what we've been doing for the past almost two years now. And it has just grown into something so beautiful that we're incredibly proud of. Yes. And you should be. It's really awesome. You guys should check that out if you haven't. As always, we'll put all the links in the comments so that you can find the things that we're talking about. But today we're going to talk about email lists. It's one of those things. And when you're talking digital marketing, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a big component of it is building an email list. I talk about it a lot in in my membership group because I just think it's so important, but you are the digital marketing expert. So tell us 
why creatives should have an email list. I think that I would like to start with why they don't so far, because I think that that's, there's a lot that holds people back. Yeah. I think it's something that a lot of business owners, especially artists, know that they need to do, but they hold back for a few reasons. It might be that they don't think that they're an expert enough, that people even want to hear what they have to say. It might be that they don't really understand what they're supposed to send to their audience. Or even worse, it might be that they really just don't get why it's beneficial to their business. So I'm going to start there. First of all, I don't know if you remember, but a few months ago, Facebook went down. It was just, it was just gone. It just disappeared off of our phones and our internet for like half of a day. And so what I did for Dion was we were like, oh, you know what we should do is we should send an email to our list. In the past few years that I've worked with her, we've grown her list to over 10,000 people. So even though her Facebook audience is almost at 100,000, we still have 10,000 people who are dedicated to hearing what she has to say. So we were able to send an email within 45 minutes of Facebook going down that said, Facebook is down, here's what you can do instead. And that was one of our best performing emails of the year because at the end of the day, we don't have control over our social media platforms. We have control over our feed until the platform falls apart or breaks or closes or what have you. So if you are relying on just social media to get your message across and connect with your audience, what you're really saying is I trust other businesses to handle my ability to connect with my customers. And I just, I just don't personally think you should be trusting other businesses to take care of your audience. That's your job and your audience needs to know that you are invested in them enough to create a space that is just for them off of all of these social media platforms. And that's what email marketing can really give you is that separate place where they can just hear from you, just the things that they care about and that you can connect with them in a place that is under your control. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have platform recommendations? Cause like, I mean, I know a lot of people that are listening to this are going to be like, okay, fine. I'll go ahead and set up an email list. <laughs> What are your recommendations for someone who's just going to get started? If you're just getting started, there are some really amazing platforms out there that are like multifaceted that you can run marketing campaigns through and sales through and like that they have all the bells and whistles. Those are great if you have a thriving online product-based business. If you are selling a lot of prints and a lot of canvases and a lot of art, you want a, a more connected email platform. But that also costs a lot more money. And it requires a lot more of a learning curve. Whereas something that's like, I like ConvertKit. I think ConvertKit's a really easy tool. I like it. MailChimp is okay. That one's not too bad. Constant Contact is not my favorite. But MailerLite's pretty good too. Those ones are better if you're just starting out and you have no list or you maybe have a couple of people on there that have signed up when your website was new. That's a good place to get started because it really allows you to feel like you know what you're doing. And let's let's be real, a learning curve is a barrier for a lot of people. If it takes you a long time to learn new technology, don't let that stop you from diving into your email list. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It, it can be a few lines with a good subject and that's enough to get your customers to click through. But don't let technology be a barrier. Start with something simple like ConvertKit or MailChimp so that you can really get a feel for how the platform works and why it's important. Because I think that just getting started. Isn't that, isn't that the creative motto? You just have to get started. You have to get past the fear of that blank canvas and just dip your toes right in. 
Right. Absolutely. And both of those that you mentioned right there, MailChimp and ConvertKit, I've helped people with those. And they actually have really good like onboarding tutorials when you first set up an account that you can work through yes. to show you how to use the software. So those that's, are good. That's usually why I recommend it is because they have a MailChimp especially. Okay. So if you guys ever want to learn about branding and a content library, just go look at the free content that MailChimp has put together for their users. It's such a great example of how a content-driven marketing strategy can work to convert more customers because MailChimp has those amazing tutorials. It has walkthroughs, they have videos, they have step-by-step -step tips, they have all kinds of stuff. ConvertKit went the other way. They have those videos and stuff, but they also just kind of made it a little bit easier by making everything sort of drag and drop building block workflows where you can just piece things together and segment your audience in a way that's a lot more visual, which is fantastic for all of us creatives who are usually visual learners. So those are my two favorite. I think it's just fantastic that we have such a wealth of resources on the internet. And, and you know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Watch the videos and they'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> so once someone picks a platform and they sign up, how do they get people to sign up for their list? What are your suggestions for creatives to get people to sign up for their list? This is where understanding your audience really comes into play. So if you've ever worked with me or heard me speak at a conference or in a group, the number one thing I tell everybody is that you have to really know your audience. You have to be able to know what shows they're talking about this week on social media. What were they watching this weekend? What did they see that came out on Netflix that they can't wait to discuss? What books are they reading? What trends are they following? The reason that's important is because you need to build a relationship with your audience. That carries across every great marketer from Gary Vee to uh, Donald Miller to Kira Hug will tell you that building a relationship with your audience is the first and foremost way to sell anything, whether it's art or appliances. And that has been true as long as we've had marketing. There has always been a need to build that relationship with your audience. So I would suggest to anybody who doesn't have an email list to really sit down and look at who their followers are right now. Um, who is following them on social media? Who is reaching out to them? Who is actually converting and buying what they're selling? Or even if you don't have anything for sale yet, maybe you're just a business, you've just been putting your art online and you're just about to think about maybe selling your things. Look at who's engaging with your pieces. Look at the things that they're discussing, the platforms that they're using, um, whether they're on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Because if you are able to understand your customer, that makes email marketing almost a no-brainer. You could literally write about the show that they watched this weekend and make that the subject like, holy cow, did you see the Love is Blind reunion as your subject? And then talk about it a little bit and then use that to segue into what you're working on. Yeah, I binged that whole series last week while I was working on something for Dion. I could use that to talk about it. If you watched the reunion this weekend while you were painting a piece, you can put that piece in your email, a picture of it, and then the link to buy it. It becomes a very easy, organic way to create these conversations with your audience like you would with a friend. So I would suggest anybody who is just starting out and is like, what do I talk about? Go figure out what your audience is already talking about and use that to connect with them. Go also watch the things that they're talking about. Go engage with the art that they're engaging with. Go you know, even if you don't love the show or you don't love the book that they're talking about, skim it because your audience loves it. And so if you can relate to them, that immediately builds up that level of trust. <laughs> That's where baseline is, is just really knowing your audience. 
because from there, your next step is to figure out what it is that you give them that makes their life better. Because that's, that's really the key to getting people to engage with your content, whether it's an email or it's a social media post, is we are surrounded by noise all the time. You and I, Danielle, we were just talking about how we hit a wall at like 4.35 p.m. And we are just about done with learning and taking in anything new in our brain. So for people to want to engage with your social media posts or your emails or your blogs, you have to make it worth their while. You have to give them something that they are not getting other places or something that is special to your relationship with them so that they feel rewarded for engaging with your content. So in terms of getting people to sign up for your mailing list, you have to figure out what are their long-term goals? That goes back to knowing your audience. What do they, what do they want to achieve? And what is your role in helping them achieve that? Maybe their goal at the end of the day is to just have a beautiful home. That's a very complex goal that requires lots of little pieces, but you can help them do that. How can you help them? You can teach them about color families. Maybe they just truly don't understand how to pick coordinating furniture. You can teach them about that. Um, maybe that's what your opt-in is, is a little visual guide to creating color stories in your home. How easy would it be to put pieces of your furniture or your art with some just kind of generic stock photos to show how you can blend different colors together to tell a decor story in your home? That's the kind of thing that if you know your audience, you can figure out something that doesn't really take you a lot of time, doesn't cost you hopefully any money if it's an opt-in. It can be something that's free, but it has an immediate, simple, easy change in their life. I always like to talk about how we structure our offers and our engagement with our audience based on investment. You're, they're investing their time with us in the beginning and later we want them to invest with their money. So we need to invest a similar amount of energy into whatever we're creating for them. So if it's an opt-in, usually that's their first step inside your business. If they're going off a social media platform and they're going to go engage in your business, that first step is the opt-in. So that has to be something that like rewards them real quick that says, I see you, I know what you want, I'm going to give it to you, it's going to be free, all I need is email. Did I go on too long? <laughs> no, I think that's great. Can you give us some examples, maybe some that you've helped people put together to give people sort of a concrete idea? Literally so many, I love email opt-ins. You guys, firstly, think about your audience, think about how they receive content. So if you're primarily a visual content creator, you do a lot of YouTube videos, don't throw an ebook at them because that, that's probably not something that they're going to resonate with. If they've been asking for an ebook and they're like, hey, I love your videos, but also like I need a diagram or I need like step-by-step -step checklist, then that's something that you're filling a gap. But if you're just going to put together an opt-in, you want to make sure that it's something that's familiar to them, that feels right for what they've already seen from you and, and that they can connect with very easily. Typically, you want it to be something that's quick and easy for you, quick and easy for them. Everybody feels good about the exchange that's happening there. They gave you an email, they're getting a cool visual guide. This is my favorite thing to talk about because there's so many fun options that you can choose from. I have written style quizzes for people. I have put together um, just like a PDF shopping guide for, let's say that you love painting outdoor furniture. You teach people how to paint furniture that will last outside in the rain. And you put together your favorite colors for spring. 
Maybe that's your PDF. It's like, here's my favorite patio colors that I've put together. Or you could put together just a checklist of here's what you look for when you buy a new piece of furniture. You need to make sure the dimensions will fit in your space. You need to make sure that the hardware is not all wiggly, whatever it is, something that is very quick and easy. So in terms of what that could look like in your business, it could be everything from a never before seen interview between you and maybe somebody you look up to or somebody that they love. Like we've done stuff with Dion and her husband, Matt, because people adore him. And it's always just so easy. They love extra content from Matt. You could do a checklist. Those are fantastic. I cannot tell you how often I am Googling checklists on the internet, whether it's a checklist for like Thanksgiving day or setting a table or packing for a trip. I live and die by a checklist. So if you have a solution to something that people are asking you a lot, if your audience is like, hey, what do you do before you start painting? Maybe all of your videos start with you already laying down a base coat. Give them those steps, fill in that gap of knowledge for them and make it very quick. Um, I love a visual guide. Most artists connect with their audience because their audience is also somebody who's very visual. That's why they love art. They like seeing beautiful things. So if you can give them a visual solution, whether it's just a printout or maybe it could even be a digital download of a piece of art, maybe you get them to sign up and you promise them that every month they will get a free digital download of some piece of your art that they can add as their phone background. It's just something really little that's going to give them that quick little hit of like, oh, this is so cool. This was so easy. I did something really fast. I've also done, so we have, let's see, checklists, PDFs, visual guides, quizzes, super fun, podcasts, outtakes. People love a blooper reel, you guys. That's such a fun way to sign up. And as your business grows, so that's, that's what you start with, right? Is somebody coming into your business. It's usually through an email often, but you don't have to have just one either. You can have several. You can have one that maybe when people click through from your social media pro profiles, it's the pop-up on your page. But maybe you promote a different opt-in on Pinterest because there's a different audience for you on Pinterest. Really focus on that audience-driven content that's quick, that's easy, that's relatable, that they can just look at, do something with it, that's key, and then feel good about their interaction with you. Those are all great. I love that. I have a couple of different ones and it's, it's funny to watch sometimes and see what brings people in and it's not always what you expect, but I think like testing, right. that, like you said, you don't have to have just one, try out a couple of different things and see what works for you. Yeah. So for example, in spring of 2020, I think we all know what happened. Um, <laughs> and we were all stuck at home and I was working with Dion at the time and she was just like, Everybody is so down. Everybody is just heartbroken. It's a really hard time. I just need to find a way to like connect with people and make them feel better. And at the time, everybody and their mothers literally were uh, getting into live video. They were starting to connect via Zoom for the first time, maybe ever. Um, they were connecting via FaceTime or just going live on their channels just to let their friends and family see things. I attended two different weddings that were done via Facebook Live with just a couple in their home with their parents and their officiant. So I was, we had this thought of like, what if we just taught people how to go live so that they would feel comfortable on camera? Like whether they were going live to sell something in their business because they had to pivot really quick so that they would stay afloat during the pandemic or because they just missed their family and they wanted to put together good quality videos where they weren't uncomfortable on camera. 
And we put together an opt-in that was called Fearless Facebook Lives. It was just a live webinar she did with a couple of her friends. There was a Facebook group that was open for a time. And then we just kind of recorded it and put it online. And that's an opt-in. And we forgot about it, you guys. Because, you know, things went kind of not back to normal, but things started growing. People started adapting to changes. And so we just set that aside. And as we were reviewing our metrics for year ending of 2021, we saw that that was our biggest traffic driver. So sometimes just putting together those opt-ins, if you have a checklist that you're just sitting on and you're like, what should I do with this? I use it every day. Make it an opt-in. You have no idea. It could be your best performer in a year. And the nice thing about that is that now you know what your audience likes. Now you know how they find you. Now you know where they find you. Now you know what they want to hear about you. And that opens up what you will then be messaging them about. Okay. So the next question then, I'm thinking someone who's just getting started here, they've picked a platform, they've created their opt-ins, they have a few ideas, but where do they put the opt-in? That's a great question. That's a big part of understanding your audience. So based on what platforms you have is where you'll want to promote your opt-in. Um, I love, depending on what it is, there's, there's kind of two portions. There's the, where do you put it to get people to the opt-in? And where do you actually put the opt-in on your website? So I am somebody who, um, even though I'm not a web designer, you guys, I have no skill in anything technology related. I'm a writer. That's all I've got going for me. And a marketer. I understand how to make the things do what I need to do. But then I have to call our tech person and be like, Erin, please help me. That said, I do love reading about and learning about user experience design because I think it's really important for anybody with a website to understand how it is going to be used by your audience. Looking pretty is fine, but whether or not it's functional is super important. So if you're going to have an opt-in that's a pop-up, you might want to figure out how you're going to do that on, how it's going to look on a phone, because most people use their phones. And I can't tell you how many recipe blogs I've been to where I try to read a recipe and there's a banner on the bottom and a banner on the side and a pop-up and I literally cannot see what's on the page you know sign up for my mailing list join us for this those are fantastic I love that people have them but if I can't see your content I am just going to click away so when it comes to placing your opt-in on your website pop-ups are great for web browsing for your website if they're on a computer a laptop you know, anything, a tablet even. Um, and pop-ups are especially good if it's something that happens when they're scrolling or when they've been on the page a certain amount of time. I love me a timed pop-up. I hate, I hate an auto pop-up. If I'm clicking through to a page, I want to see what's there. So if you can on your website, set it so the pop-up comes up after 30 seconds, a minute. Hey, I see you're really liking this blog post. Sign up for more great content you're more likely to get somebody to say yes. Um, if you're new and you don't have a lot of content on your website and you just want people to get on your mailing list, a banner across the top third of the page somewhere after it tells me who you are and what you do, that's gonna be the best spot for that. Now to get people to sign up, that's, that's the hard part, right? <laughs> it's to actually get people to your opt-in. Oh, by the way, I also love recommending a landing page for an opt-in. If it's a really good one, if it's one you're super proud of and one that you're going to sort of build your content around as like, this is your stepping stone into my content, I do recommend a landing page for that where people can click on it and a pop-up or and a banner 
so that they have a variety of options because you want a dedicated link. This is important because when you make a Pinterest pin, you need a link. And if you're just linking to your homepage, you're not exactly telling your audience how they're gonna get the thing they think they're gonna get when they click through. So having a link to your opt-in so that you're pushing people from Pinterest to a page that says, hey, here's the thing you're looking for. Put your email here and I will deliver it to you. It's just gonna convert a lot better. And that again, goes back to the user experience design of make things really easy for people. If you want them to get your opt-in, take them directly there to get people to your opt-in. This is the fun part. When we create our marketing and branding, I think a lot of people get lost in the weeds and we just kind of put stuff out there. We're like, I need to promote this this week, so I'm going to write a post. And we forget what marketing and branding is really all about, which is our brand story. It's, it's the relationships that we're building with our customer. If you as a brand, as, as something that's not a person, but an actual brand that has products, if you're trying to build a story, then you need to understand what it is that you're communicating to your audience. Who are you to them? What do you provide them with? What is your tone like? What is your personality like as a brand? You need to craft that brand character and brand archetype so that you are communicating effectively with your audience. So if you are going to create an opt-in and you want people from Facebook to get there, you're going to do something very different than if you're trying to get people to that opt-in from Pinterest. Because that character that you've created for your brand interacts with each platform differently the same way that each of us users interact with each platform differently. So when I go to Facebook, if I see somebody that's promoting an opt-in, I'm more likely to click through if, one, it's a promoted post. If I see that it's promoted and it's, it's advertised, I know that that brand is putting money behind it. So it's probably going to be something worth my time. Most people don't love promoted posts, but when it comes to opt-ins, those tend to do better in terms of Facebook ads than just an ad for something to purchase. They tend to do better because people know, all I have to give is my email and I'm going to get something out of this interaction. That's good for you as a brand, especially if you're planning on investing in Facebook advertising, because it tells Facebook ads, oh, hey, people like this. They are clicking through. They are committing to this ad that I put money behind. And Facebook makes that cheaper for you in the future. So that's a good way to do it. On Pinterest, people use it like a search engine. So you really want to form your opt-in as the solution to the question that they are asking. So if I go on Pinterest and I am looking for, I, I do a capsule wardrobe every year. I put together my capsule wardrobe of pieces that I'm just going to keep. I, I keep those a few of the old ones. I buy some new stuff and I have a wardrobe of 30 pieces maybe that I kind of can mix and match between. If I'm on Pinterest and I'm looking up capsule wardrobe ideas for 2022 and somebody says, hey, here's a free shopping guide and I can click through and get it my, in my email, I'm, I'm sold. I will probably go back and follow them. So just really think about what is the solution that you're presenting and what is the question that people are asking or the problem that they have? Because at the end of the day, your opt-in is a solution to something. It's something that will make your audience's life better. So figure out what that looks like on each platform. Are you answering a question? Are you telling a story? If you're on YouTube and you make YouTube videos and you want people to get off YouTube, go to your website and download something, are you gonna make it worth their while? Is it something that they cannot get on YouTube? That's, that's really what you have to do there is make it 
so that getting on your list is worth more than the annoyance of yet another email in the inbox. And that really is key because, I mean, you know, we all get, gosh, how many thousands of emails a month. So you got to make sure people actually want to know what you're telling them. (laughs) So Right. And that brings us to kind of the next point, which is like, what do you even talk about (laughs) in an email? And that question is different for everybody because it really goes back to sort of that brand archetype and understanding your audience is what do you do for your audience? What solutions do you provide? Who are they? How are you communicating to them? Why are you communicating to them? If they sign up for a PDF on color theory, are you going to want to tell them about something completely unrelated like monster trucks? Probably not. So really be aware, especially in the beginning, if you haven't built up your brand awareness and your brand relationships with your audience, and they're still trying to figure out who you are, look at your email list as an opportunity to define that for them. Use it as an opportunity to flesh out the topics that you're interested in talking about, you know, on your other content platforms, the content that you want to share. Maybe you write a really good email and you're like, you know, I could talk about that for hours, like me and email marketing, apparently and turn it into a blog. It's a really good way to sort of figure out your voice as a brand and the kinds of things that you can bring to your customers. That said, there's a few categories that emails can fall in that might make this easier for you guys. So if you plan on creating, which I suggest you do, I think it's always good to have a content plan laid out way in advance. But if you plan on creating your content plan and not winging it every week, then I think personally, that your emails should tell a story. So every time I open your email, I should be getting something new that has helped me grow a little bit. That can be difficult because you are going to get new people on your mailing list, hopefully every day, right? Uh, So it can be hard to build that story. But think of how many successful narratives we've gone into that are we're just dropped in the middle of a story, like the Lord of the Rings. We don't learn everything that happened to build this Middle Earth. We just end up there, right? That can happen for your audience too. You just have to make sure that what you're giving them is something that makes them invest right away. It has to be personal. It has to be thoughtful. It has to be designed to engage with them. So you can create sort of buckets of content. I think I've used this term. So many times, but it's such a great way to describe it is you just label your buckets. You might have a promotional email. You might have, you know, a little behind the scenes email. You might have a, this is my brand and here's who we are email. Here's what I'm working on email. Here's the things I care about. Look, they're the same as yours kind of email. And just sort of create those categories for yourself and just pick and choose from each bucket. That way you're not oversaturating your email content with just promotion or just behind the scenes stories, because that'll keep them engaged. Some people might love those behind the scenes stories. Other people might just click out of that email right away. So by varying your content in a way that's really natural and organic to your brand, you're increasing the likelihood that people stick around. And I'll say too, just on a, from a personal note, I have learned that a lot of times the emails that people read, and it's more like a letter to a friend, they get such good feedback. Like, I love it when I send out an email to my email list and I'm telling them about what's going on. And yeah, I'm telling them about things I'm selling right now or classes I'm holding and stuff, but I'm also just telling them what I'm doing. And I'll ask a question, you know, just as part of the conversation of the email. And I feel like the best emails are the ones where like, I open up my inbox and 10 people have responded and answered that question. It just makes it more personal. And like you said, as a creative, that's what we're aiming for here. So 
Absolutely. And I think it really is true, especially for like artistic and creative brands that like the reason people purchase your art is not just because it's aesthetically pleasing, but because they connect to you as an artist. That's always been true. Like people, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't have like a favorite artist, even if they're not into art. Everybody has some sort of artist or at least art movement that they really connect with and really resonates with them. So as an artist, when you're building those relationships with your audience, being able to connect with them and show them what actually influences your art. Why are you painting that? What made you want to paint that? Why did you choose those colors? Did you see them when you were out on a walk? Or maybe you were just like, I haven't used brown and orange ever in anything because I hate brown and orange. I'm going to force myself to do it on a painting. Like those are the stories behind art that really can help people connect to it even more. Debbie Beard is a, a brilliant at telling her stories in her videos because she understands that like there's that connection between story and art. It can be tenfold in an email because you're doing it in a way that feels kind of like personal. Like you're like writing your friend an email like, oh my gosh, okay, don't tell everybody, but here's the thing I'm struggling with this week. And it kind of builds that sort of like camaraderie of like, I'm, I'm coming to you in an email. I'm not telling the whole world. I'm not telling anybody who has this link to my Facebook or anybody who has this link to my YouTube. I'm telling just you because I trust you because you're on my email list. And that, oh boy, I love those emails. I, there's a few that I get. Laura Belgray, she's a copywriter. She's from the Talking Shrimp. She writes some of the most amazing emails. I open all of them. Her headlines are hilarious. Her stories are insane. Uh, she's lived a crazy life and I just, I don't even really, I don't need her services. I am a copywriter, but I open all of them because I'm like, what is this girl talking about this week? I love that. And I think that that's a really, when you're just starting out and you're not running a business and you don't have promotions and you're literally just an artist who's like, I think I'm going to sell this stuff. And I think I need to build up an audience. Just telling those personal stories of how you're creating what you're creating or what has happened to you or something that has influenced your art or inspired it. Those are the things that you can start out telling in your emails that will instantly build that audience and also like give you a chance to kind of unthread those knots and figure out your brand narrative. Like, what are you talking about a lot? That's probably something that's important to your brand. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of anytime I have something exciting to share, sharing it with the email list first, mm -hmm. because there should be something special about the fact that they've given you their email. <laughs> so it's like, I, yes, I fully believe that. I, I think I wake up to at least 150 new emails every day, at least. And so for me to open one, it has to be, it has to be special. It has to be something that feels good. And so if I know that I'm getting the scoop on something before YouTube or Facebook or whatever, it feels good. It feels like I'm starting my day out like, oh, somebody thought of me. Somebody put me first. And who doesn't want that feeling when they first check their email in the morning? So being that person is really, really helpful. And before we wrap it up, because I think it's important, because a lot of times people go to create their email list and the opt-in, the, the easy thing that they want to do is give a discount code. Well, okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> I love discount codes for things that are going to, I don't want to say like wither and die, but kind of like, you know, produce should go on sale. If it's near its sell-by date, food goes on sale. When it's near its sell-by date, clothes go on sale when they're going out of season. Those things make sense because a company has too much of it and they need to get rid of it. 
so it goes on the discount. When you discount your art, you're saying, this isn't worth as much. For what? For why? There's no reason. You've just arbitrarily decided that. So I am a much bigger fan when it comes to art, not, not necessarily like products that you can discount that have an expiration date. I am a much bigger person in believing in like value adds over discounts. Like instead of discounting something, instead of being like, get 10% off anything in my shop, that could be like, I mean, depending on what you're selling, that could be a huge discount that you weren't prepared to offer. Um, give them something, give them a bonus. Give them that cool opt-in. Give them something that they can't get anywhere else. Even if it's like an old tutorial that you filmed and you're like, well, that was bad. I can't sell that. Like, there's no way that one's good enough to sell. Okay, give it away in your email. That's fine. That's a value add. That's something that's not going to make you money or cost you money. That's just my little soapbox on that one. I know you know my opinions on that. Yeah, no, we, we share those opinions. So I just wanted to make sure we slid that in there. <laughs> yes. So is there anything else that you want to say about email lists before we wrap it up? I know we've, I think we've covered all of my notes here, but. Yeah, I would say that I really like to look at a content strategy as something that's holistic and happens on a daily basis. It's like cleaning your house, right? You're never going to be on top of it. I, you guys, you're never going to be on top of your content. It's not going to happen unless you have a team of dozens, Okay. You're never going to have a house that stays clean. It will always be on a cycle. So look at your social media, your emails, your blog posts as something that's on a cycle and create a structure for yourself just the way you would create a structure for cleaning your house. You're not going to tackle the big stuff every day at your house. I guarantee you, you are not bringing out the shop back to clean your vents and baseboards every day, right? That's the big stuff. That's your blog posts. That's your big cornerstone content. What you are doing is maintenance work. Those are your emails. Your emails maintain your content strategy. They keep your audience in the loop on the things that are happening. And they should always have a goal. They should always have a purpose so that they are doing something for you and something for whoever is reading them. So maybe when you are sending an email to your audience and they're just getting an entertaining story, you also need to get something out of it. Maybe it's engagement, maybe it's better open rates, maybe it's some information about your audience. But whatever it is, don't just do stuff to do stuff. You know, Don't wash the dishes and then immediately eat off them and then put them in the sink. It makes no sense. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. This has been so much fun. Thank you. I'm so glad I could help. I know this has been great. And like I said, you guys, Cami's going to be with us in September at the Makers and Shakers Business Conference. Those tickets are still on sale and for like two more weeks, right? What's today? Two more weeks from the day we're recording this, maybe one more week from the day that it actually goes live. You can still get that early bird pricing and it's just $2.95 for a three-day conference. It's going to be awesome. And everyone is going to get the opportunity to learn under Cami. So that is, we're really excited about everything that we're bringing to you there. And Cami is also offering a free discovery call, right? Yeah. Anyone who wants to talk to her about what she can do for them and how that can help their business. So I'm going to have that linked up in the comments for you guys as well. And I guess we'll catch everybody next time. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. being here. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the Makers Chat community so that you can dive deeper into the conversation. You'll find the link to join in our show notes. Have a beautiful week and we will chat again soon.